Ah, the following gameplay is brought to you by Paladin Coffee. Enjoy a delicious cup of amazing coffee and get you through your day. Find them at paladincoffee.com. The universe has many horrors yet to throw at us. This is not the end of our struggle. This is just the beginning of our crusade to save humanity. In the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there is only war, there is only dice and pipes. So we're off to a good start today. Welcome back, Dyson Pipes Podcast. This is the Warhammer edition. I don't know why I sound so like up. This is all about like war, death, chaos, decay, blood, and guts. I'm like very jittery today. You're all over the Dude, place. Dude, I'm all over the map today. I had too much coffee this morning. With nothing to eat, this is going to be a fucking disaster today. I've had no food. I've had no food. I've had two gigantic cups of coffee, which we can get to that in a little bit because I finally had my Cameroon Paladin coffee with my brand new carafe, and I'm very excited. Nothing had to be thrown off the Williamsburg Bridge, <laughs> so we, we were never taken into police custody, so, so far, so good. How many times on an average day do you eat? Once. Once a day? Yeah, 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 once. Maybe twice, sometimes twice. Well... Yeah, I find is this, myself. Is this like an intermittent fasting thing that no, you're doing, or just no, too, too busy? Let's see. No, it's not even that. It's, it's in my. I think it's a product of starving myself in high school, and not because I was like an anorexic or some bulimic. I think since from wrestling, when you just starve yourself to make weight for some fucked up reason. Since then, my eating habits have completely been thrown out of whack, and I eat maybe once. Well, not maybe once. I mean, I'm definitely eating once, sometimes twice a day. Otherwise, it's too much. I, I can't. Three times a day, like <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Fuck that. That's, I can't. We have to wheel you out of here in a wheelbarrow. Yeah, it's no good. No good. Hmm. What do you normally eat? Junk. Chips Ahoy cookies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> so, like for dinner, you'll have like dinner food. You won't be like, well, this is the first time I'm eating, so let me have an omelet. There are no, there are no boundaries with me when it comes to what I eat when I eat. So if I want pancakes for dinner, but again, our schedule is all screwed up. So like, what's, what's dinner time? Like dinner time for, for us is like eight o'clock in the morning. What is normal? There, uh, everything is upside down. Upside down. Uh, We're all over the place in the intro here. Because I think this is, how many episodes? We've recorded a lot of episodes. Uh, a lot of weeks have been dedicated towards this shit show. And I feel like we've only had breakfast because we record in the morning. Yes. I feel like we've only had breakfast maybe like twice. I never eat before I come here. I never do. <clears throat> I don't know why I'm not like stumbling out of the uh, out of the shed by the time we're done. Because usually we wrap up, what, maybe like five hours? We record for about five hours at a Gameplay time. we do. Yeah, gameplay we're usually in here for like five, six hours. Yeah. Uh this we'll we'll probably be looking at 
Probably five hours. Eh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so five hours of nonstop drinking. I'm, <laughs> what I'm, could go wrong? <laughs> we'll be fine. I'm sure we'll get halfway through this bottle. Uh, which leads me to my question. Mm. What's in your drink? What's in your drink? I have no idea. Wow. I should reword that. I meant to say what's in your glass, not what's in your drink. I don't I'm know what's in my... I'm fucking drunk. It's, it's, Maybe my wife spiked my coffee this morning. It's in Japanese. I don't know what's in my drink. Dude, here, here, here. Get your, uh, your Google fucking translate. There you go. You got giant arms. This is Suntory Whiskey Toki from the house of Suntory Whiskey, established in 1923 Japanese whiskey. Probably should have had this when we had Japanese tobacco. I, I have Japanese tobacco. Fuck. We're going, we're going to the Far East. <clears throat> it's actually not bad. I think it's safe to say that neither of us have had this before. I've never had this. No, I've never even heard of it. I like it. It's kind of sweet. You can visit their website. Oh, please. Is it in characters? HT. <laughs> it's in calligraphy. Oh, good. HTTP uh, colon backslash backslash whiskey dot suntory.com slash drinksmart.com A double dot com? It really has two dot coms on it? Suntory.whiskey.com slash drinksmart.com So I'm confused because one of them is HTTP colon backslash backslash and Mm -hmm. then one of them is www. So which one do you go to? I mean... So they have two websites. Very confusing. I'm lost. We should throw this fucking whiskey away. Of course, it had to be from the house. Not the house of the rising sun. The house of Centauri <laughs> whiskey. It's got a little bit of a bite to it. Um, this tastes very... Um, mild-mannered, I guess. Yeah, it, there's not it's not very complex, I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, and it's got like a nice sweetness to it. Yeah. You know. It's not harsh. No. Like American whiskey like kicks you in your fucking dick. Right. You know, it's it's hard. It's yeah. like a man's fucking whiskey. If you're drinking whiskey straight, like I don't know, that's like a man's whiskey. This This is a morning whiskey. A morning whiskey. I think so. What are you smoking? Wow, this is actually really good. I like it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I uh, I have my Savinelli Series 3 Unfinished Levette, and inside of this, I have a little Peter Stokeby uh, Luxury Twist Flake. So a little Virginia. How about yourself? Whatever your smoking smells, delicious. Uh, I am smoking, courtesy of you, uh, some Molto Doce. You? Like some Japanese guy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hi. Uh, you were kind enough to give me this tremendous size tin. Um, I haven't smoked anything, cigarettes, anything uh, for about two weeks now, so I'm trying to ease myself back in, so I was I was looking for an aromatic. Uh, and this is a nice, like, a honey vanilla ribbon cut. Uh, it is very wet. I'm having a hard time keeping this bitch lit. You're right. I probably should have dried it out a little bit. Yeah, you gotta air it out. But I, I, th- I don't think I'm ready to hop back into my plum pudding just yet. You gotta ease your way into Yeah. It. Yeah, because I'm already starting to get a little dizzy. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you think the federal government believes that people that walk into like a, uh, you know, like a brick and mortar tobacco store, when they walk in and they're like, you know, I'm buying myself a tin 
of Molto Dolce today. I know what you're going to say. And they look and see that fucking obnoxious label on the bottom third of that tin. Do you think they turn around and leave the store? They're like, you know what? I did not realize that the components in this ah, tin. Good morning, shopkeep. I would like to purchase a tin of Molto Dolce. Oh, sure. They're right over here. Ah, thank you. Oh, it's a, it's a nice weighty tin. What's that? What is this? Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Get the fuck out of here. Come on, Susie, we're leaving. I'm burning this motherfucker to the ground. Fuck you and your nicotine. This is the first one we're recording. Oh, my God. That's probably what happens. I, I think that's the way it goes. So the federal government... They win. That was their intended outcome. Okay. Good job. Um, I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> who, who's, who's Susie? <laughs> Your wife. His wife. My wife. Susie Q. Public. Wow. Um, holy shit. Completely, I have a knack for losing my train of thought. Thank you, Brian. Sorry. That, no, no, no. That's all right. Um, what, what pipe are you... Uh, what pipe you I finally have broken crazy. out this uh, this Nording super bent billiard, uh, borderline church warden. It's a very long pipe, partially rusticated. It's one. It's the first like fancy pipe that I bought uh, once getting into this silly hobby. But it's only seen aromatics. And one thing, I, the one of the first things I learned about pipe smoking is the the concept of ghosting. Uh, and it's not. I don't find it as crazy as some people do, where they're like, "I will only smoke a Virginia out of this. Uh, I will only smoke a Burley out of this." They they break it down into the the genus of the tobacco. Uh, I'm not that crazy. I, I have. Yeah, I know you are. Uh, I have an aromatic pipe. I have an English pipe, and then I have pretty much everything else. Mm. Uh, this 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 Nording has only seen. Aromatics. So I, I am afraid the ghosting chocolate cherry and honey vanilla and all this other horse shit that I put in here when I'm trying to smoke like pirate cake. I don't need that in my life. I don't think there's any scientific evidence that says you should have one pipe for one particular type. We should contact, what, what's that guy, Pavlov? He did some shit with some dogs, right? I'm sure he could do it with tobacco and some pipes. Is he still alive? Uh, yeah, I think so. We should, we'll reach out to him. I'm sure he's a fan of the show. He, I mean, who isn't right. at this point? He'll have to do some research for us. Yeah, whatever. Smoke? I've been, I've been rapidly struggling to think of a, another famous person who owns a dog to make a joke. Not happening. John Wick. Ah. John Wick. Fucking Caesar guys. Milan. C the dog whisperer. That's uh, <laughs> <Sorry> <laughs> <It's> how he <laughs> trains his dogs. Is he still on? So I have to talk out of turn. Oh, <laughs> shit. Pitbull is mauling little Susie down the street. And it stops. Yeah. It just releases its You are jaws. the alpha. See? And I'm done. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, shit. You know what I never did? I never said you could follow us on social media. This episode is a fucking disaster. It's I like really you, off the rails. I think you did. No, I really, I didn't. You I better, know for a fact better I roll. Didn't. Why am I rolling? Because you fucked up. Uh, we're, we're still in the intro. We've been completely derailed from the beginning. <laughs> like borderline, this should be re-recorded, derailed from the beginning. 
So you can follow us on our social media. That would be Instagram, Twitter, Reddit. Fuck Facebook. We don't do that shit. Mark Zuckerberg, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Facebook. so. Yeah, fuck him. Uh, I, thought, I thought you were saying fuckface. I thought that was a new social media platform. Yeah, go to fuckface.com. <laughs> I'm afraid you're, you're not going to see anything pretty, I would think. As a matter of fact, bear with me. I'm going to fuckface.com. What Maybe do you think is going to come it up? It might suggest fuckmyface.com. Uh, that might think? be a whole different kettle of fish. Well, hold on. Stanley. HTTP. We're, we're going the full. I'm going off of Centauri Whiskey's mm, thing. HTTP yes, we're going JavaScript. Slash slash fuckface.com. This is going to be bad. Please don't be. Oh, you could buy the dom- It's for sale. It is. Let's do it. The money that we make. <laughs> One day, someone's going to come along. Once we launch Patreon, we should take the money that we get from that and buy fuckface.com. I, I would co-sign on that. Yeah. That's pretty cool, because I'm sure a lot of people are going to fuckface. How much do you think they want? We should put in an offer and see what happens. Maybe not. Uh, so anyway, you can follow us, Dyson Pipes. Uh, again, Instagram, Reddit, and Twitter. How's everything with you, Brian? I feel like we haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah, well, we've been playing video games together uh, on the online. Yes. Um, I'm all right. I've, I've been on a real heavy cyberpunk kick lately. Uh I've been reading the fifth edition rules for Shadowrun, and I've been reading the rules for Cyberpunk 2020. Uh, I've been watching a lot of dystopian movies. Uh, for some reason, I'm on this kick. Just like last month, I was on the kick of, of uh, Lovecraft. I get into these weird moods, and I want to absorb a lot of this stuff. <laughs> um, so Cyberpunk... Ty- yes. Oh, my God. It's on the Dyson Pipes podcast when we do the Warhammer edition. Um, it seems like every episode, it's changed. So <laughs> we're going to nail it down right now. So what we're going to do is, um, if you've been following along, anytime uh, you, you're going to roll some sort of test, you have this DN, this target number of icons that you have to reach. So our DN is three, and, and we're going to roll a total of four dice, one being the wrath. So total of four dice. So DNA if you three. fail this test, you drink. If you pass this test, you do not drink. But then the wrath dice comes into play. Complications. Fail forward. And I'm drinking. See, I got two. Two icons. Because your difficulty number. See, this is the, the bouncing is off on this, I think. No, this is good. This means we'll drink more, which means the show will only get better. It only gets better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More drinking equals more better. That's true. That's what I think. That's scientifically proven by Pathoff. Yeah, Pathlov. Yes. Right. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. So do you think in in Cyber Twunk... (laughs) (laughs) Cyber Twunk? God damn it. Oh, my God. I failed with a complication. Fuck. Oh. Oh, no. There we go. Uh, so I've been talking about Cyberpunk Thank 2020. You. <laughs> not Cyberthunk, not Cybertwunk, cyber Cybertwink. Cyber I was trying <laughs> Cybertwink. <laughs> I was going to ask you yes. if the creators of Cyberpunk 2020 nailed it, being that 2020 is only a year away. Um, I, I haven't really gotten to a lot of the equipment yet, but it is slightly more... Uh, prophetic is that the word? Sure, prophetic. Yeah, yeah. Then, uh, then I think they were anticipating um, portable fax machines. Yeah, that doesn't exist, right? Um, video phones and stuff. They do have that, yeah. You know, but I think that was probably an easy, an easy guess, right? Um, 
Because it's interesting now that you see these games. What do we, uh, we looked it up, 88? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that came out 88 and Shadowrun was 89. So it's kind of cool when you take a look like 30 years later. Right. Where these guys were, you know, when they're when they're taking a look at games that, you know, were projected out into the future. Right. How close they were. It's funny how, like, they think they're going to have all these cybernetic augmentations and things to enhance your humanity, yet they never had the foresight of a smartphone. Like, this thing would blow the minds of the cyberpunk universe. Yeah. So, of course, somebody... Uh, there's this guy hmm. I, I found on YouTube, Seth Sierkowski. Sierkowski. Okay. Uh, he's a very, like, basic bitch. It's just him in his living room with a camera talking about tabletop games. Uh, and I like him a lot. It, there's no frills. There's no intro. There's no... It's just him bullshitting about stuff. He's obviously very uh, well-versed in this. And um, he was showing off modules that have been handmade, like... Uh, um, House rules, um, homebrew, homebrew, homebrew content where they can take today's technology and retrofit it. Oh, this is like a mind bend. Take today's technology, retrofit it back into the past in the eighties to then spring it forward into the world of Cyberpunk twenty twenty. So the iPhone wouldn't necessarily exist, but the portable fax machine might have a touch screen and a way to access. Uh, the net. Okay. You see what I'm trying to say? It's kind of like uh, like Fallout where they do the future based on how they thought the future was going to be in the 50s. So we're reverse engineering today's technology, putting it back into the 80s and following that logic path forward to 2020. So it's just trying to incorporate real life technology into these games to make it a little more Accurate. Accurate. Right. Add a little more realism to it. Right. But without actually just taking our shit and just putting it in the game. Well, of course, because it has to advance. Right. You know, on the time scale that Yeah. So I guess, game. like, what I'm trying to say uh, horribly is what would an iPhone look like if they thought of the iPhone in the 80s? Okay. And then advanced it the 30 years right. to 2020. Exactly. Okay. That's yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of cool shit like that. There's a book about an inch thick of all the guns in Cyberpunk. I, I have a feeling we're going to end up playing Cyberpunk at some point. Yeah, we're going to have to get into that, especially with the release of, uh, what the is game? it, 2077? Yeah. yeah, I'm interested to see uh, how that game's going to be. That way it'll take me away from uh, Wildlands and now still WWZ. Yes. Which I got to tell you, for $40, that game is definitely a game to get. Yeah, if it was any more than forty bucks after playing it, I would say this fucking game is not worth it. But there's a lot to be annoyed about with it. Uh, it's been out for a while now, but there's a lot to be annoyed with it. But it is still just that Left for Dead style, just fun. You know, like when we play, I uh, I throw on Spotify and I just listen to some hardcore yeah. music and skip every cutscene and just see how far we can get through. You know, uh, without dying or anything like that. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun, like slaying hordes. Of zombies, yeah. When these like swarms are coming at you and just fucking annihilating them, it's just like it's mindless fun. I just sit on my couch and I will only play that game outside of the first day that I got the game. I will only play that game when friends are online. Yeah, that's because it. we learned playing with random people that that can be very infuriating. Oh, they're just stupid. They're just stupid. Well, on today's episode, ooh, I would like to propose a toast. Okay. So raise your glass, please. Yes. Here's to Megan's. Megan? Not Megan. Megan's Law. 
Not Megan's Law. Oh. No, that is a necessary law, in all seriousness. Um, Megging's, as in M-E-G-G-I-N-G-S, which is the male version of leggings. Now, I don't know if anybody who's listening has seen this, but I think... I think this this raises a significant level of concern when, let's say, <laughs> I don't know, you're at the mall, uh, maybe you're at the gas station, you're, you're pumping gas, and let, let's let's go with the gas station. Okay. So you pull into the gas station, you step out of your vehicle, you're struggling, you see gas prices are rising, you're like, oh my god, this is this is tough. You crack open your fucking. You know, the, the, the gas, you put your credit card in, you, you take the, the fuel pump, you put it in your car, and then you just kind of happen to look over to your right, and here you see a man exiting his Toyota Prius, and he's wearing leggings. But to him, they're not leggings, they're meggings. Now, what do these meggings look like? Are they just like black yoga pants they, they for men? They could be whatever you want. They oh, could okay. be black yoga pants for men. And... I almost have an issue if you're even within the confines of your own home and you're wearing meggings to like work out. Like, guy, put on fucking shorts or sweatpants. Mm-hmm. I'll even give you tapered sweatpants. Oh, okay. I'll I'll concede that point. But wearing spandex leggings, I'm sorry, meggings mm-hmm. as a gentleman to work out. Yeah, that that I think you can draw the line. That that goes over the line. Are these the same thing? Just so I understand correctly. Yes, yes. Are these the same things that you wear under your regular pantaloons when it's very cold outside? No, those I would consider thermals. Okay. Or maybe uh, like Under Armour cold gear. Right. So they're not the same. It's not like people are just putting on their Under Armour cold gear and just strutting around the town. No, but they would. They would, and that that's my problem. To me, that's like underwear. You're yeah. basically wearing underwear outside. I might as well go outside in my fucking in my boxer briefs. So the, the the Under Armour cold gear would be an appropriate form of meggings, if they're worn under your clothes. No, I, I mean, if I was a douchebag and wanted to wear them as meggings out in the yes, that would be large. that would be a very like plain Jane version okay. of meggings. Now, do you remember remember back in the day Zubaz? Yes. A lot of like like Reuters would wear them. They were like big kind of almost like parachute pants. They were like the athletic version of skids. Remember skids? Skids. They were like skaters. Um, they almost look like pajamas. You used to like cuff them at the bottom. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So Zubaz to me are like the uh, the athletic version of skids. They would be like these bright patterns, just these wild fucking patterns. Well, people also do that with these meggings, which I think now. Just escalates it. It makes it ten times worse, <laughs> more so, hostile. Oh man! Like somebody like that, you just want to fucking punch in the face. Like, and and I, I have an issue with solid color meggings. Now you start taking that and you apply patterns to it. Like now you're you're really going into like a a douche level that's reserved solely for you, the wearer of meggings. I've got a real problem with this. Like, why? What's the need? Like, do you need to trap your fucking dick in your balls like that tight to you? I don't understand. Like, what are you trying to do? Are there lots of people wearing these things? You don't see them? Well, again, we're, we reside near, in and around New York City. So there's a lot of wacky shit that goes on. So yeah, especially now, you know, you're hitting like spring, summertime. Yeah, you're, you're going to see a lot of people walking around the city wearing these stupid ass things. And for what purpose? Now, what if I just decide to wear boxer briefs as shorts? Well, I would have a problem with that too. I, right, but I mean, would that in today's climate is that acceptable? Dude, like, in today's get, climate, would I get everything thrown out of the is ball? acceptable. Hmm. 
I see. You would not, no shirt, no shoes, no service, but you can wear boxer briefs or meggings. You can wear meggings. You'll be served. Don't wear shoes, though. Get the fuck out of my store. That doesn't make any sense. You know what? I'm going to hang a sign up in the studio that says, no shirt, no shoes, no pants, no problem. No problem. Or no no service. Sorry. I ain't got no shoes or nothing, Jesus. (laughs) I'm ran for my life. Uh, Meggings. How long has this been a thing? I don't know. Why is it a thing? Are are you going to look it up? I'm going to have to. Because I think you can go to Amazon, type in Meggings, and I hate to plug Amazon, but you can go to Amazon. Yes? I signed up for Stitch Fix. Can we insert like cricket sounds? What what the fuck is Stitch Fix? (laughs) What is that? Stitch Fix is where you tell them what kind of style you have, and then they send you a box of clothes. Get out of here. You pay for what you keep. Because I haven't bought new jeans in three, four years. Come on, really? Yeah, two pairs of jeans. So uh, good with, for you. With the money I'm saving from cigarettes, uh, the wife said I could buy new clothes. Uh, Meggings. You're searching this on the uh, on the interwebs. Yes. Good. I'm going to Amazon. Megging. When did Meg two G's? Yeah, two G's. Meg. Can can I just point out while you're doing the search when I type in meggings here here are the the auto um the auto responses that come up you get meggings in men's clothing meggings for men meggings for boys meggings black meggings retro the fuck is retro uh jeans <laughs> here meggings capri and Ooh. here's my favorite meggings Kapow. Kapow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I want to oh, see wow. some kapow meggings. Wow, look at that tight butt. Oh, saucy. Dude, these are fucking expensive. How much would you expect to pay for a pair of spandex? The, the kapow? Sorry, the kapow version? Yeah, we'll go with the kapow. There, there's a range. There's a $19.99. Yeah, try $80 to $100. There are five reviews for those. Kapow! Kapow Meggings. I'm assuming that's the company. They should be shut down. Dude, look at these. <laughs> All right. I'm going to use my, my word powers here. Yes, please. So it's a man uh, with his hand on his hip. Standing, Why are you assuming it's a man? Standing, it's only from the waist down. Uh, the, the veins. If, if it's not a man, it's a very vascular woman. Well, they are Meggings, I guess. They are right. for men. So uh, you're correct. He's standing with his hand on his hip in a very saucy style. Uh, he's wearing black Nike shoes, probably with those invisible socks. What do they call those? No see socks? Oh, uh, no show. No show. Yeah, yeah. I have no problem with those. Now, in between the black sneakers and the black t shirt is what can only be described as a Samoan's tattoo gone awry. <laughs> uh, by the ankles, it starts with a base of green. Um, like wavy patterns, very bright green. Oh, I can see multiple angles. This makes it much easier. Uh, it's almost like a vertical wave going up of green and yellow. Then it stops with a hard line of yellow going horizontally. Then there's a section of pink that almost looks like cotton candy, like a pink cotton candy. Then a purple line going horizontally, stopping it just below the knee. Then from just below the knee to the upper thigh is like this this bulbous uh 
uh, amoeba-shaped kind of blue cloud with mm-hmm. a yellow lightning bolt-looking design through the center of it. And then as we get towards the crotch and the taintal area, it turns pink. Uh, and it almost looks like... Um, taintal? The taintal area, yes. Uh, the prefrontal taintal area is covered in what appears to be poinsettias. They look like poinsettias. And then as we get to the crotchal region, it looks like a half moon coming just around the what would be a cervix if it were a woman. Um, and throughout the whole thing, on the inner leg is the black line of stitching going straight up into the creamy center. <laughs> I'm so disgusted by this conversation. I would like to see some reviews. Uh, well, so, I got to tell you, you nailed the uh, the description, by the way. Oh, thank you. That's exactly what I had in my mind. So, how do how do I how do I get? Oh, I when I type down. in uh, when did leggings or when did meggings become popular? Yes. Oh, by the way, the color of that was called Chroma Blast. <laughs> okay. Hopefully he gets a chroma blast of 12 gauge <laughs> to his face. <laughs> I'm sure he's looking for a blast of something else to his face. Um, go ahead. So I put in, when did meggings become popular? Yes. The linen pantalettes became popular in the mid-19th century with girls and women. They became part of American fashion and in popular fashion in the 1960s as trousers similar to capri pants but tighter. If you wear leggings as... Oh, this is leggings. Or would you believe it auto-corrected? As it should. Mm, that that to me tells you all you need to know about leggings. It auto-corrected to leggings and then gave you the description for women. Wow, I can't believe the reviews are like actually like positive reviews. So in December of 2012, uh, I just got a text uh, from Greg. He says he can kill zombies or Bolivians today. I'm going to have to tell him that we're doing important shit right now. And that's discussing the, the history of Meggings. Uh, in 2012, they were discussing whether this is going to be the next big trend. They actually said that meggings are the next big trend. They're discussing whether it had the potential. Oh, okay. To be the next big trend. Uh, here's um, a gentleman by the name of Macaroni Tire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the title of his review, which he gave two stars back in January, uh, very see-through when bending slash squatting. <laughs> Because that's what I want to see. Some dude's ball sack when he fucking bends over in front of me. The style pattern is great, and they fit well. However, when bending over or squatting, they become very see-through, and the back waistband doesn't stay up. So not only do you see his fucking taint, you also see his ass crack every time he bends over. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Incredible. Horrible. Very horrible. Why would anybody... Oh, God. This is society, folks. Let's go uh, a couple more reviews. I want to go into a different one. Are there any LARPers that wear meggings? Now, I guarantee you, you will find LARPers, but I will actually, I know I roasted them before, but I will actually give the LARPers credit for wearing meggings because if you look, 
if you want to be historically accurate to like medieval garb, meggings, I think were necessary because you would wear them under a suit of armor. It would almost be like somebody today who's trying to stay warm would wear under armor, like cold gear. So that I can respect. I don't respect what they're doing, but I can respect them wearing meggings. It's people who wear meggings for the sole purpose of just wearing fucking spandex in public that I have a problem with. There are actually there are people who ask, can these be worn to swim in? Why would you fucking swim in them? Why not get like board shorts or like right a bathing suit? A bathing suit. No. Um. Let's see. I want to find the bad reviews. They get great reviews. Maybe I'm the one. See, this is a problem. You're, you're dealing with two middle-aged guys. We're just out of the loop. That's what it is. We're out of the loop. This this one Imagine particular how crazy brand. people were when we started wearing t-shirts. Losing their minds. Showing all those elbows. Uh, they don't have a collar. <laughs> um, 29 reviews. This gets 4.3 out of 5. Come on. There's got to be like one funny. Let, let me look at the one star. More than once and torn the wash. Cheap, thin, and too small. So there are only gripes about the actual quality, not the fact that people are wearing them. Wearing the wrong. Well, I haven't weighed in on it yet. You're in the wrong so far. And Son to be honest bitch. with you, I'm a little disappointed in your closed-mindedness. Yeah? How many pairs of Meggings do you own, Brian? Yep. Uh, none. Okay. Some might come in my Stitch Fix box. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> By the way, how does that work? What do you give them like an idea as to what your, your fashion sense is, and then they send you whatever they feel the need to send you? Yep. So what are the chances? What are the chances? They just try to sneak in some like... The building's coming down. What are the chances they try to like sneak in some clothing options that are like what they determine to be trendy? Well, you can you can... Right, you send it back. Right, but you, you can determine how adventurous you want to be. So now, there's like three categories of definitely send me shit like this. I'm open to shit like this and do not send me shit like this. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. What brands do they use? All the major brands. Oh, they do? Yeah. And what is this? Like one of those like, uh, it, it's like a monthly. It's no, like, one, like it, a battle it can box be. or something can, like it that? It can be, but like that's way too expensive. I'm not going to fucking do that. So you give them your tastes, and then they shop for you. Yes. They show you dozens of pictures of people wearing random clothes, and you click which ones you like, and you go from there. Hmm. I'm a very worldly man, so it, it's not hard to... I'm just trying to see the, the benefit to this, though. Like, why wouldn't you just go to the store and buy the clothes yourself? Why go to the store when the store can come to me? It's all about convenience. That's right. I see. I see. If I was not married, mm-hmm. I probably would not leave my house. Well, that's true, too. I would order food and have it delivered. Everything yes. would be delivered. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to argue against that. Yeah, the only time I would leave my house is to go to work. Yeah, until I became my own boss and worked from home. And then I would then, never leave. Yep. I would, I would probably seal off the door. I would. I'd build a fucking <laughs> moat around my house. I would never leave. That's a good point. So what's your take on Meggings? They're terrible. They are fucking terrible. <laughs> They're terrible. And what about the people that wear meggings? They're terrible. Okay. They're terrible. Uh, I, I find the, the colored variety uh, far more offensive. 
uh, than just like a guy wearing yoga pants. Because at least a guy wearing yoga pants, because that's, that's pretty much what we're talking about. But why can't you wear shorts? Exactly. I'm just saying, if I'm looking at a guy wearing uh, yoga pants, and he's probably got a quaffed haircut, and he's probably got those big obnoxious Ray-Ban sunglasses. Yes. And a white V-neck t-shirt. That's just the image that I have. Uh, you so can you, look at that and be like, this is the style of New York City. It screams New York City. And I was a kid. I wore leather pants once. Like, I, I have to be careful with how hard I castigate people. However, were they truly leather? The, pleather. Okay. With the ring mail, <laughs> with the ring mail shirt. We've already been through this. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Did it have ring mail all the way around? Just on the front. <laughs> Just on the front. <laughs> you were you were never susceptible to sneak attacks. I, I was only susceptible to sneak attacks. Oh, that's what that right. Because yeah, right. the ring mail was only on front. Right. So I, I'm gonna roll for that. I'm I'm gonna self please myself. Self please myself. I made it. Hey. All right. Good. Good. All right. Good things are coming. Um. I'm half drunk, by the way. I've only had fucking like three <laughs> glasses, and I'm like, I'm starting to feel fucking like a nice, heavy buzz. Uh, so I have to be careful how hard I chastise younger guys for following fashion trends, regardless of how ridiculous they are. All right, so what's the age cutoff? Because uh, I don't, I don't approve of this at all. Like, if my son came home one day and he was wearing meggings, I'm taking all of his shit and I'm throwing it out the fucking window, and he's moving out. Now yeah. he's he's 21, right? Okay, so. You know, if you're if you're like a, a kid, like a preteen kid, I'm fine with that. That's kind of what I'm picturing in my head. Right. I, I would say the age for me, before I start getting annoyed, would be 20. Oh, I was going preteen. But 20? Okay. 20. Yeah. So now let me ask you a question. You, 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 you have kids? Yes. Yes. I don't know why I asked you. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so if your son shows up, he's a, he's a sophomore in high school, mm-hmm. and you see him leaving the house, getting on the bus, and he's wearing spandex are you going to say anything? I, yeah, you are. <laughs> you know, I can see it in your face. Yeah, you're going to say something. Uh, yeah, of course. Just like my dad said something to me. But right. I understand. I understand the game that's being played. It's just like I never said I would let my daughter dress like a like a tramp like right. all the other girls do. And now I find myself, uh, we were at the store, and she's wearing short shorts and a T-shirt tied off on the side oh, showing God. off her, her stomach. And it didn't even dawn on me. And I looked at it. I'm like, what, what, what the fuck are we wearing right now? You gotta lock her in a closet until she's like forty. Yeah. Um, so the 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 plain black uh, yoga pants are far less offensive to me than what we just looked at with the with the multicolored yes. swirling tie dye shit going on. I still don't approve of that, but right. I guess if you're gonna wear it, wear a solid color. Yeah, like that really like one of them irritates me. One of them makes me physically angry. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. And again, I'm not big into yoga, so I don't know if there's some sort of like benefit to stretching and performing some downward dog shit. No, I mean shorts work just fine. Exactly. And wouldn't uh, like now here's here's my take. If I'm doing yoga in a class with a bunch of chicks, yeah, I'm wearing my shorts that are very loose with no underwear underneath. <laughs> <laughs> and my ass is going in the front of the fucking room. Yes. So everybody behind me has to fucking bear witness to what's going on. <laughs> Why not? You know? So fuck it. You're not just gonna see the outline, you're just gonna see it. Right. You know? That's my take. All right. Meggings. Meggings. No, sir. I don't like it. Sons of bitches. 
All right, here's to makings. Makings. Let's get into some role play. This has been a fucking disaster episode. You know who doesn't wear makings? I should know this. The citizenry of the 41st millennium. Holy shit. That is true. Do you think Slug Belly? Do you think that son of a bitch wore meggings? <laughs> I pictured Slug Belly as like one of the bad guys from Death Wish. Like uh, a leather jacket with the sleeves cut off for some reason. Yes. Chains hanging all over the place. Uh, and like dirty jeans. I'm hoping eventually... We get to a point where we have like fan art coming in. I want somebody to draw Slug Belly with Meggings. There we go. Preferably the Kapow Meggings that you yeah. So Slug Meggings described. Slug. Oh my god! I almost fucking choked and died. <laughs> Let's play some games. Let's do it. Warning: The following gameplay includes scenes of extreme violence and gore. Listener discretion is advised. With a tremendous noise, the clamps release from the stone. The beast handlers start whipping the animals. And with some grunting and protesting, they start uh, pulling the seal forward. It's a lot of moaning and creaking and cracking of, of metal. As the seal pulls away from the wall, moving one centimeter by one centimeter, a yellow gas spills out around the seal pouring out from the interior and reeking of spoiled meat. Moments after the spew begins, it stops. The commissar stands ready, a grim smile spread across his lips, his hand hovering near the bolter at his side. After nearly 30 minutes of straining, the beasts open the seal wide enough to let you through. The commissar turns to you and gestures for, the, for you to enter, offering one last piece of advice. May the Emperor watch over you. So. I nodded him. And as we start to approach, I stop. And I say, oh, two quick questions. Uh, one, what's being mined? Uh, this is the entrance to the mine. The shatters are where we were actually harvesting. It's uh, a nutrient-rich, almost moss, uh, that can grow a great many things. Okay. Um, it's almost like 41st millennium miracle grow. Okay. Out of um, my second question, out of the men that you had originally sent in to explore the mine, you said that only half, approximately half, had made it out. Do you know the half that remained inside the mine? Were they, were they killed? Were any trapped inside of the mine as you sealed it off that potentially were still alive? Probably. Okay, but we don't have a head count. I just want to try to get an idea as to what we're going to encounter. In yeah, here. the fighting uh, was happening in the shatters, out into the mine, and then out into the open field as the seal was closing. As you can see, it takes a long time. Right. Uh, so there was fighting everywhere. It's unknown how many people got trapped inside, how many lived, how many died. It's unknown. Okay. But you've had no communications uh, with anybody after sealing off the mine? Correct. Understood. Okay. All right. So I look at Genevieve and kind of give her like that that look to see if maybe she has any questions, anything? No? Uh, no, she's, she's um, 
she's a little skeptical about why they're here. She understands that she feels like we're here because of rumors. And she thinks there may be political things going on why we're here. You know, and she expresses that to you more or less. But she's she is skeptical that there's any heresy involved. She right now it seems like this is just a mutant, typical mutant gangers, right? All right. Well, I guess that remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. I'm curious to see what's in that book that they have locked away. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, whatever's in that book, I guess, is the reason why we're here. If right. I had to guess, it's probably some kind of chaos, some kind of heresy. Um, well, if we survive this, Emperor willing, that book, I'm telling you right now, is coming back with us to the Inquisitor. Yeah, I don't disagree. So we're in the cave. We are in the cave. Uh, so you can tell by looking around that there was an immense amount of fighting. There's, uh, you know, cracked rock, bullet holes, things of that nature. Uh, craters, collapsed sections. There's so much fighting, in fact, that your map could almost be considered useless. You motherfucker. What, from like explosions going off? So obviously some of these paths are going to be caved in. You have a copy of this too, so you know exactly where. So if I reference this? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. You're a prick. (laughs) Okay. Um, I look to uh, Jertz. Jertz Mm -hmm. is his name? Um... So I, I, you know, Bannon looks at him and he'll ask, uh, "Did you make it down to the shatters, or did you lose your your mate on this uh, the upper level of the mine?" No, we never got past the upper level. We were the reinforcements going in. Okay, so the fighting with these mutant with these mutants had gone from the shatters onto this level as you were trying to uh, we'll call it a tactical retreat. Yes, as you were sealing off the mine. Okay. Um. Well, I guess, I guess what we're going to end up doing is just exploring this upper level. Uh, you know, I'll keep my eyes out for like any strange markings or maybe any corpses. <clears throat> There's corpses here or there, right? Yeah, but I'm looking for like the mutated, okay, corpses. Not so much the the actual soldiers that were were sent here. I want to look at these mutants and get an idea as to what exactly we may encounter. Okay, should we make it down to the shadows? Uh, give me an awareness test. Uh, one difficulty one. All right, so then I pass. Okay. I have an exult. Uh, yeah, so there, you you know you come across your first mutant uh, laying face down. Uh, his mutation is like scaled skin. Okay. Almost like um. Uh, what, what what is that? Eczema. Right. Right. Like to the to the hundredth degree. Okay. So it's almost like a like a crusted layer of skin, very scaly looking, but flesh tone, like a darker flesh, like a almost a gray. Okay. Anything on his person that would lead me to believe that he's like some sort of cultist? No. 
Okay. Not especially. So um, he's just wearing like typical like civilian clothes. Yeah, he was. He had like a pry bar, presumably as a weapon. There's dried blood on it. So very rudimentary. Okay. All right. So I, I we'll, we'll continue. Okay. Jert's motions. Uh, we're approaching what's known as the nexus, which would be on your map that first main intersection. That juts off to the left. Mm-hmm. Right there. Yep. Uh, it's a vast chamber. The ceiling extends nearly 30 meters overhead. There's large columns about 3 meters in diameter and spaced 5 meters apart. Extended from the floor to the... Uh, extended from the floor and up into the, the darkness above you. Crisscrossing the floor are numerous tracks that seem to travel in utterly random ways. Following them can lead back on themselves or nowhere at all. And when you say tracks, like the tracks that a person would make walking or tracks like a, like a cart being pushed Both. through? Okay. Like mining equipment plus... Right. Okay. So this, this area seems to be a, a, a larger... Uh, an area that was, was large in activity. Almost like a, like a distribution point within the mine. Right. Things would branch off from here. Yep. So Bannon will look to, to Jertz and, and ask him, do you know what is down this path to the left? Yeah, uh, that's uh, subsection five. How far down does this go? Not far. What's down there? I don't know. Okay. All right, we'll head down there. All right. As you, uh, you make your way down this hallway... The, 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 the passageway comes to an abrupt end and the floor is dropping away into just black darkness. Uh, Genevieve takes her electric torch and shines a light down into it and you can see about three meters thanks to the torch. Beyond this, this gap in the floor, the, the, the passageway continues. It looks like a tremor or an explosion caused the tunnel to fall away. So it's it's three meters in distance from... With the torch, you can see three meters past. You can tell it continues. But looking straight down is just like an abyss? Yeah. All right, so I look for like a, like a decent-sized piece of stone or rock. Okay. I just want to throw it down there and try to get an idea as to how far it's going to fall before it hits the ground. Okay. Uh, you're going to toss the rock? Yep. Roy Rogers looks at you. I didn't hear anything. Thank you, Roy. I have my own ears. I take it I didn't hear anything either. The sound doesn't travel down. <laughs> uh, if you had to guess, it's, a, it's at least a few kilometers deep. I'm sorry? A few kilometers? Yeah. Uh, Genevieve kind of looks around. We could probably jump it. You're going first? And with a little smile and a wink, she backs up. No fucking way. And she lands on the other side. Uh, not only does she land on the other side, but she doesn't even stumble because she got three successes, two of which were exalted. Wow. Um, so this is a three-meter gap which is approximately 9 feet, 10 feet. Oh, boy. Um, 
And I take it you would need to use your athletic skill for that. Yeah, I'm really not comfortable making this jump. Uh, I shout across, uh, great display of agility. Do you have any rope? Evens, she has rope. Odds, she does not. And that's a two. She has rope. Okay. So I'll ask. I should have asked before I jumped. Well, you were so quick to <laughs> show your cat-like reflexes. Um, all I did was suggest if you were going first. I didn't say go. <laughs> Could kind of put together a plan here. I say just throw the throw one into the rope. Back to us. Basically, what I want to do is tie it around me and make the jump. Because if I don't make the jump, I really don't want to fall like kilometers into the uh, into a hole. Now, a okay. Do you think? Looking at Genevieve, do you think she's strong enough to maintain your weight if you don't make it? Or nope. should we maybe get somebody else on the other side just in case? But either way, if it's somebody else who's jumping, we're going to tie the rope around them. You, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because okay. I, I don't want to start losing party members on the first fucking turn All right. in the cave. Uh, so we have Genevieve on one side of the gap. and What a bitch. <laughs> I like her. Uh, you, Roy, and Jertz. Fine, I look to Roy and say, you're up. Okay. So uh, Genevieve is going to throw the rope, presumably? Yes. Okay. And I guess I'm picturing almost like uh, in Cliffhanger. She's tying it around herself and kind of right, right, around her right. waist. Yeah. Or maybe like looping it over her shoulder and under her arm on yeah. the opposite side. Creating like a harness. Correct. Okay. Um, I was thinking maybe a little more dramatic, like like Neo in The Matrix when Morpheus breaks free. Okay. And he jumps yeah, yeah, up yeah. to me, he gets shot. You know, and he's got him on the rope. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's okay. cool. Uh, so, you want Roy next? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Oh, that's not a good phase. Uh, so, Roy, holding the rope tightly, runs and jumps and slips. He hits the face, uh, the opposing face of the the, the, the breakaway and Genevieve is holding on to him unfortunately Roy doesn't have enough grip on the rope and he ah! and Roy is gone take away one grenade fuck we'll assume Roy had one of the grenades uh, Jertz is not happy and Genevieve is like, all right, listen, focus. Who's taking the rope next? What does Jertz look like? Does he look athletic? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a soldier, 18 oh. years old, up thereabouts. All right. He's also a ginger. I don't know if that. Well, he'll go to purgatory. He has no soul. So if he falls, <laughs> where? Yeah, I right, recruit you're up. I tell Genevieve to throw the rope back. All right. Ballsy Genevieve is going to get half of this party killed on the first fucking turn. God, please. That uh, is not a good face again. No. Uh, Jertz makes it. Oh. Okay. Struggles, but he makes it. Okay. Uh, Jertz got uh, two successes, one of which was an exalted. Oh, good. So the test for this uh, is two. With the rope. I'm going to go around the other way, and I'll meet you. Hopefully, they converge. No. Oh, this could be the end of my character six hours in. Let's see. 
All right, I actually, I'm going to spend my two glory points here. You're going to spend two glory points? I only have two dice. I have to make an athletic test, right? Yeah. Yeah, I only have a two. That's why Genevieve is fucking me on this. <laughs> she had to go. Had to. I, actually, it's my fault. I had to say something like that. So I blame me. Ugh, yeah, I'm going to spend my two here. So that gives me four. Would you say my, it's a two? Yes. Wow. Okay. I, I passed with flying colors, and I got an exalted on my wrath, so at least I get one of my glory back. Uh, you get to shift? you have any shifting going on? Yeah, so I have a total. I have one exalted, which is the wrath, and then I have two icons, so I have four total. So I can shift and also okay. uh, gain, a, uh, gain a point of glory. So I would say that after you make this jump, uh, you get a good look from the other side and you realize that you can make a rope bridge. That sounds more like a failure <laughs> than a success. I, I picture that you can tie off the... Maybe you realize that the altitudes are a little different and we're slightly higher or maybe slightly lower, whatever the case is, and you see a way to tie the rope off. And uh, with, with your shifting... I almost picture like a lasso and you throw the rope over the other side and you end up hitching it onto another rock. So you have like a straight rope bridge if you so choose to use it. Okay, well, we can remember that for the way back if we need to come back this way. Genevieve can make her little jump again and then we can we can tie the rope. Off. Okay. All right. well, unless, well, we're already on the other side, well, so you I have can't a, do that. You have, you have the map. Does that reconnect? Well, it just goes off into the distance, so I don't know where it's going to go. Okay. So we shall see. So the tunnel widens a bit, and painted over the top of a steel door is subsection 5. There's a glass window set at eye level, and staining the inside of it and obscuring what is beyond is a bloody handprint. The door is firmly locked and resists attempts at opening it. So the, the hole or this, this tunnel just leads to this door? With a window, like a... Like a porthole almost, and the window's covered with a bloody handprint. And you can't see through. Right. Um, any noise coming from the other side of the door? The door is relatively thick that you wouldn't really be able to hear anything. Yeah, give me an awareness test. Difficulty two. I pass. You don't hear anything. Okay. Um, can I attempt to use my combi tool to open the door? Sure. Uh, give me a tech test with one bonus dice. Uh, difficulty two. I tell Genevieve and Jarts to ready their weapons. And they do. I fail. I only had one, uh, one icon. Uh, Genevieve says we might be able to blow the door off the hinges with one of these grenades. Uh, yes, we could do that. My only fear is that if we blow this door, whatever's in this cave, if they didn't know that we were in here already, the explosion might attract them. But it's either that or jump back over the hole. All right, I pull out a grenade. All right. Um... I'm not going to make you roll for the scatter of the grenade. That's 
Oh, that's a little douchey. <laughs> well, I would think an underhand toss to the... Well, first off, do we have enough room from the door to the crevice that we jumped over? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like it's like right there. Like right, we made right. the jump and the door is right yeah, there. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I would I would hope that, you know, just kind of pull the pin and, and roll it up to the door and I would fucking book it. I think between the three of you, you can place a grenade in front of a door. Yes. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's what we're doing? Uh, that's fair. Yes, we'll do that. Okay. So uh, with a tremendous explosion and some reverberation in the from the concussion of the blast, uh, you can hear the door being blown off the hinges, you know, the, the protesting of the metal cracking and... Okay. Down to what? three grenades. All right, so after the dust settles, I'm not just going to rush right into this room. After the dust settles, we'll, uh, armed and ready, we'll make our way into this room. All right, so inside is like a, a charnel house. Uh, there's a dozen corpses on the floor. They're all the bodies of miners, but each of them has a strange mutation. An extra eye, an enlarged hand growing out from its abdomen, tiny ears, uh, distended jaws, tentacle growing out of a back, all kinds of various mutations. The um, the miner that has the tentacle growing out of his back, does it look like that tentacle like burst through his clothing in order for it to be free? Or are his clothes designed in a way to accommodate the tentacle? You know what I'm saying? Like, like what what did he dress himself after the mutation? Is that what you're asking? Right, I'm asking. Or is this something that was like spontaneous? Exactly. It looks like uh, the mutations, from what you can tell, uh, looked like they were spontaneous. And you said about how many miners? About a dozen. After the wreckage from the grenade going off, does it look like this door could have been sealed from the inside? Yes. And how big is this area that we're in right now? I'd say like maybe fifty by a hundred meters. It's like a like a where the miners would sleep. Okay. If they're doing like extended shifts. Uh, and there's nothing else really in this room. There's a couple of foot lockers uh, and some bodies to check. Would you like to investigate? Yes, but I also want to see. Are there any other ways into this? Barracks or the door that we just One door. blasted through? One door. Okay. All right, so we'll investigate the room. Uh, I'll take a look at the uh, the bodies that are in here. Give me an investigation test. Um, you know what? Scratch that. Give me a 66 roll. 61. S- wow. Okay. Uh, you are going to find a chain sword. Ooh. A red dot sight. Uh, the red dot sight gives you plus one dice bonus to ranged attacks. Do you have the uh, the stats for the chainsword? Yes, I do. I thought you would never ask. Thank you, sir. Put that fucking pipe down. All right. <clears throat> chainsword. Inquisitors, rogue traders, and commissars throughout the ages have accomplished glorious deeds armed with little more than a chainsword and the will to use it. Chainsword is five plus one extra damage uh, dice. AP of zero. Uh, and has the brutal and parry traits. Chainsword uses weapon skill, right? 
Right. Yes. Is it, so for a melee weapon, it's weapon skill. For a ranged weapon, it's ballistic. Correct. All right. There's uh, there's no salvo on it. It just has like the dash next to it. And then does it give you a range? Is it like one meter? I think it's five. I don't think it gave one. Let me check. Yeah, it doesn't give one. So I would imagine it's because um, I know the knife that I have. The range is one. I think I think it's five because no. it's a sword. Right. Right. <clears throat> Then I just have to look up. Brutal is what again? So brutal inflicts traumatic wounds that test the skill of the most seasoned uh, apothecaries. When rolling damage dice for a brutal weapon, add plus one to the result of each extra damage dice. So if you got a two, the two becomes a three. If you got a three, the three becomes a four. Oh, that's and good so to on. know. All right, what what page was that on? The trait. Yes, please. Uh, 275. Okay. 275. All right, and then parry, I get plus one bonus to defense against melee attacks. Yes. Man, that's way better than what I thought you were going to get. Dude, that was a fucking... That just... So far, my rolls, not that I want to fuck myself, but have been pretty solid. Yeah. Roy, on the other hand, not so solid. Who? Bye, Roy. Oh, there was another guy, right? Fuck. Yeah. Son of a bitch. You know, and I even rolled for him. He could have lived. He could have lived. I wasn't going to kill him just for the sake of killing him. No, fate of the die. Whatever. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Plug this in. So you got uh, the chainsword, right? Yes. So I, I just glanced over at, at Genevieve. Why would miners need a chainsword? It might have been from the fighting. But there's only dead miners here. So if miners got wiped out by someone who was equipped with a chainsword, where is the person who would have owned the chainsword? Maybe they're in here. I mean, I don't know. These, these mutations look like they were sudden. Agreed. But again, I don't see miners equipping themselves with chainswords. Unless they killed somebody with a chainsword. And then brought it back here and then died. Yeah, which is possible. Are there any other weapons laying around? Not that I want to take them. I just want to know if once... Because my guess is Bannon isn't really too familiar. Like, he'll know what a mutant is, but he's not quite sure, right. like, what behaviors... Yeah, you know? there's, like, a, a, a bolt gun here or there. Okay. A damaged uh, weapon here or there that you can't really tell what it was. Right. Um, yeah, I guess his concern is if they were miners and then mutated... Do they lose brain power or do they like pick up weapons and, you know, yeah, and know. that's what he's trying to figure out. I mean, I, I would imagine there's some kind of intelligence if they fought back an entire detachment of Imperial troops. Right. Right. But is it instinctive like an animal or is it? And Okay. Well, I guess we're soon going to find out. Jertz kind of shrugs and he says, you know, they, I mean... I didn't make it into the shatters, but from what it sounds like, they were being flanked. They were being sprung upon. So, I mean, maybe it, it could be instinctual, but there's there's some kind of intelligence happening. Right. But you yourself didn't witness or participate in any of the fighting against these mutants. Not down below. We were up here. But up here, it's all... I mean, you can tell by the map. It's just open tunnels. So right. there's not much in the way of tactics fighting up here. Okay. Uh, 
While we've explored this room, I think we need to make our way back. All right. We find ourselves at a big hole in the floor. Oh, God. <laughs> Can I pour some out for Roy? <laughs> One for my homie. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking guy. Um, uh, roll an athletics with one bonus dice difficulty one we have this rope okay I have two icons okay so everyone gets across without much incident okay uh, going back into the main chamber the nexus yes. uh, you can see that some of the some of the pathways are closed down from cave-ins so by the end of it there should be a tunnel uh, to your, if you were to follow from when you first walked in. Yes. A tunnel on your right that kind of loops around and comes back again. Yes, yes. Okay, so there's that tunnel. That tunnel is open. And uh, as you walk into it, it goes into a sharp decline until it descends into a pool of brackish water with glistening oil on the surface. You can wade through it without having to roll anything. Uh are you going to want to go in? How far into this uh, this corridor before it reconnects with that other one? The total corridor, based on your knowledge of this map so far, you'd say it's probably about a total of 100 meters. And at about right where the bend is is where it starts to flood. All right. Well, before we proceed into this flooded area, I say we backtrack and try to approach this from the other side. I really don't want any other surprises. Okay. Uh, going from the other side, it looks like it was a, an auxiliary tunnel to uh, to ease up on mining cart traffic. So it, it doesn't appear... Uh, Jertz doesn't have any knowledge about that tunnel and based on your map, it doesn't look like there's any rooms that you're going to miss. It looks like maybe if traffic started backing up from mine carts and things like that, they right. could take this alternate route to alleviate some of the pressure of the traffic. Alright, so yeah, we'll stay away from that pool. Uh, <clears throat> I want to, all right, I then, I want to backtrack and make my way past the hallway that was on the left that we skipped to see where, again, it connects with the original one that we went down. Does that make sense? So, like, we came in, mm -hmm. here's the nexus, we came down here, we stopped at the water, then we doubled back, mm -hmm. saw that there's nothing really going on here, right. I want to go back north. Okay. And then head up this path. Or did this get caved in? That's caved in. Okay, so then there's no reason to, to go that way. All right, so then we'll continue down the uh, we'll continue down the uh, the path here. All right. Uh, another tunnel intersects with the main passage. Uh, should be on your right, I guess. That's correct. It kind of does like a Y almost. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, rails run along this length, but where they would pass through the passage, they're bent and twisted. As if some monstrous thing tore them up and twisted them into knots. So the uh, so the rails aren't just necessarily detached from the the floor of the mine. They're actually bent and turned into each other. Yes. Also with a cave-in at the other end. Oh, and we could see the cave-in at the other yeah. side. So, okay. Okay, so there's a cave-in there, too. All right, well, it looks like... Uh, you know, the way the map is, it looks like it's leading us pretty much towards the uh, the shatters. So we're going to continue down the path that exists. All right. As you approach the what appears to be the entrance, at least that the tunnel that leads towards the shatters, you can see that there must have been some kind of shifting 
of some description in the ground, uh, and you have to make a, a pretty significant climb to get down to the next level. I don't know if it broke away and fell, right? Uh, but it is not connected. Maybe there used to be an elevator at one point. Uh, it's kind of hard to see all the way up because it's so high up in the sky. It's kind of dark, so you can't really see. Um, but you are going to have to climb down to get to the shatters. So we've made it into this yes. area. Yep. And so probably about halfway through that tunnel is this drop down. Okay. Now, is it something that, um, like, I'll look around. Is is there anything maybe that I can affix the rope to? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Like, how far is this drop? Probably about 200 meters. Oh, wow. So it's a significant drop. Yeah. So how did these men who got down there, how did they get down there? Uh, Jertz says that during the fighting, he doesn't recall that being there, but he can't remember. He's only been in this cave once. He can't remember if it was an elevator or if through the explosions and tremors that the floor broke away. He's not 100% sure. So Genevieve figures we can use the rope, but the rope's not going to be long enough. We're going to have to climb by hand. Okay. I'll go first. All right. Give me... So I would say the first 70 meters or so, you go down with the rope without much of an issue. Uh... Give me the next hundred or so meters climb with an athletics test with one bonus dice. Uh, difficulty of one. Oh, thank God. Um, I pass with an exalted on my wrath. Okay, so with the exalted, I would. Uh, you just got one exalted? Yeah, correct. Okay. So we're not shifting? No shift. Okay. No, I just pick up a glory, but I just get the. Uh so we're back up to two glory. Back up to two. Look Say that. It was well worth it. Uh, the next section is very smooth. It's not as craggy as it was. So okay. there's less things to hold on to. Oh, good, good. So And no rope. Yeah, now you're out of rope. Excellent. But luckily you're close enough where the fall probably won't kill you. So there's that. It'll just severely injure me. <laughs> Give me right in time for a fight with God knows what the fuck is down here. Give me athletics test. No bonus dice. Difficulty two. I wonder if I messed up the way that you can use glory. I think I can add it after the roll, as opposed to incorporating the dice at the beginning of the roll. Because it says add one die to a test after any re-rolls. So it looks like you roll if you have the ability to re-roll, and then you add dice to that. That's probably better that way. So you don't have to waste it. Well, that seems to make more sense, yeah. right? Otherwise, you're like hedging your bet, and you're blowing all your glory. You don't want to never blow all your glory. No, no. Especially prematurely. Can I just say? Yes. I do enjoy this book quite a bit. Which book? Uh, the Wrath and Glory book. Okay. Lots of really good art in here. But why did they think this was okay? What don't you like about it? The fact that the Space Marine looks like he's out of a South Park episode. Whatever. That fucking dies with Roy. Oh, I see. We got it. I got it. How the hell did it get? Didn't you drop it over there? Yeah, yeah. I think the studio... The studio? Studio. I think the studio is slowly tipping over. <laughs> Everything's just going that way. We're listing slightly to the port side. <laughs> oh, shit. Where's Carlos? 
All right. So uh, it's a straight athletics with a difficulty of two, you said. There we go. God, don't fall. I pass. I have an icon and an exalted. Whistling does not make for a good podcast audio, by the way. Should refrain. Yeah. Yeah, no whistling. We can edit whistles in later. Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, too we'll, much wind. Yeah, add our own whistling. All right, let's go for... Who do you want to come next? Genevieve or... Uh... Uh, probably Genevieve, because if Jertz falls, we could try to catch him. Okay. But I'm hoping the two of them are fairly Ooh. athletic anyway. Oh, no. Genevieve got three exalted. Oh, strong. Now, here's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think it addresses this in the book. I guess I probably don't have to roll wrath dice for NPCs, right? No. Unless you wanted to maintain wrath and glory points for an NPC. But I, I think that's yeah no good. Because you've got a complication that. on the wrath dice, but I don't think that really... Now, if you... Yeah, if you want to incorporate a wrath die, but I just would not use that. For... I, I would never gain glory or wrath for an NPC. Right. But I think it makes for a good narrative. Alright, well, I mean, she got three exalted and one complication. So she she obviously does the entire climb without an issue, uh, but the rope breaks. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> That's pretty slick. <laughs> That's pretty slick. And here's where Jertz dies. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, one success. Fucking Jertz. Uh, do you want to try and make a, a, a play to save him? Try to catch him as he falls? Dude, he's falling from 200 meters up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there is catching a human being at 200 meters. 200 meters. Dude, that's like fucking 40 stories. Right? 200 meters, that's about 600 feet. Yeah. That's 50 stories up. You don't want to try and catch him? No, that's like falling like halfway down the Chrysler building. (laughs) No, there is no catching him. He's going to fucking turn to mist. Goodbye, Jerks. Fuck. At least you can keep his grenade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh my god. Uh, give yourself one extra reload from his corpse. Oh my god. If you so choose. We're down to where we started. You and Genevieve. Fuck, man. That's brutal. All right. So Jertz is down. Roy is down. So Jertz uh, starts his climb now with a broken rope. And I would say he makes it about 50 meters down. And a rock breaks away, and he plummets to his death. Luckily, they say that when you're falling, do you think he hits terminal velocity? Not at that. Not at that distance. Okay. His brain probably froze, so he probably doesn't even realize what happened. So there's that. Well, that, that's good for him. Unless he was wearing flak armor. He probably was. Yeah. So he probably hit and did not die instantly. You want to try and save him? There is no saving him. <laughs> Medicaid test. Uh, difficulty 11. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I guess we got our use out of him, right? Because he was only on the top level. He never made it down here. So it's not like we were going to use him for anything. Yes. On the plus side, we can go into the shatters. Good. With two fucking people. Yep. Half up. And party. there's no map. And no map. Good. Why not? So the walls of the shatters uh, are excavated using sonic drills to break up the stone. 
but the work is sloppy. Uh, the walls are anything but smooth. There's filthy grease oozing out from the cracks, bright orange centipedes scuttle in and out of the gaps in the walls. Uh, the corridors in the rooms are all approximately two meters tall, and they all drip with the same slippery slime. And it gathers in, like, bad-smelling puddles. There's uh, thick steel beams that support the ceiling in places, and all of these uh, have, like, permanent lamps hanging from them. Only a few of the lamps are actually working, shedding a very ominous green light all around. Any of the doors that are remaining are metal hatches with wheels that lock. The air is kind of thick and musty almost like a almost like a sulfur kind of a smell shall we enter yes i will assume weapons are drawn oh of course when when we originally entered the mine did we have to descend at all or no it was pretty much the entrance was it may have trended downwards here or there. It may have trended upwards here or there. Okay. But no no steep drops. Not until you got to the climb. Okay. So we're approximately 200 meters underground. Yeah. Right. You've been following the map for hours, navigating your way through what seems like endless tunnels, and still you haven't seen uh, any signs of creatures that the guardsmen claim they encountered. Certainly there have been plenty of unusual and possibly significant suggestive bits along the way strange pools of blood disturbing claw marks and more all confirming that you might be headed in the right direction finally the access passage through which you've traveled comes to an end with an old rusted door labeled with the roman numeral 12 xii it's covered with red graffiti proclaiming this to be the shatters truly you can see shattered rock all around the portal and oozing from the gaps is a runny gray slime that drips and collects in the floor near the base of the walls. The door itself is filthy, equipped with a crude wheel to open it. So now we've been wandering the shatters. You just got to the shatters. So we made our way down, so this is what's in front of us. So the area that we're in is just like a clearing surrounded by cave walls. Looking yes. up leads us back to where we came from, and directly in front of us is the steel door. Yes. All right, so we'll approach the door. <clears throat> so to open it, almost picture like a... Like a vault? Right. It, there's this big wheel that you have to turn. Okay. All right, so I'll attempt to turn the wheel. All right. I would imagine Genevieve would help. Right, yeah. If, if do you want her to help or do you want her to cover the door? Well, I prefer for her to cover the door. Okay. Unless I needed her help, and then she can help me turn the wheel. All right. Give me a strength test. Difficulty two. I don't make it. Do you want her to help? Yeah, yeah. I'll ask her to come over and help me. All right. So she no longer covers the door. That's good. And with her help, you end up breaking this wheel free. And you unlock the door. Beyond the portal, you see a miserable scene. A two-meter-wide corridor extends for some distance ahead of you. Flickering light generated by green lamps set inside support pillars cast everything in a sickly glow. 
The floor is covered in blood, suggesting a great slaughter took place here. Chunks of flesh and glistening organs confirm your suspicions. Scattered here and there are sodden uniforms of guardsmen, some still clothing a piece of their own flesh. A door stands on the wall, on the west wall, a few meters ahead, and open passages branch branch off to the right and left, all along this shaft's length. So, right now there's a long corridor that goes straight, and there's multiple entrances, intersections along the way. Uh, so, in front of you to the left is a doorway, and there's a passage opening directly across from that on the right, making an intersection. Alright, so on the right it just kind of goes off on its own, and on the left is another steel door? Yes, or you can go straight. Alright, I want to take a look at the door first. We're going to glance down the hall that's on the right, and then I'll turn my attention to the door. Uh, So if you look to the right, you can see that it bends, and it ends in a a room directly ahead or a room slightly to the right, looking down that hallway. So it goes into two different rooms. Yes. Okay. Uh, So the, uh, the door... Is it sealed the same way as that that main door? It has like a, uh, you know, like a giant wheel. On the left, you're asking? Yes. Uh, Yeah, there's a metal door with a wheel. Okay. All right, I'm going to attempt to open up that. uh, uh, There's no windows on this door? No. Any markings? No. Okay. So it's just a nondescript metal door with the wheel on it. All right. So I'm going to try to, uh, I'll turn the wheel. All right. Give me a strength test difficulty. One. I pass. So the wheel kind of, or the door kind of squeals as you break the wheel free from its kind of rust. Beyond the portal is a good-sized room with rock-greet walls, floor, and ceiling. A table lies tipped over on its side in the center of the room, and broken furniture litters the floor. Cupboards and cabinets line the walls, but the doors are missing or opened, revealing cobwebs and dust on the shelves. You find a man hiding behind the table. All right, I draw down on him. He puts his hands up. I'm Rat. My name's Rat. Rat? Rat. That's what they, that's what they called me. Rat, what are you doing here? I got lost. I end up here. Get away from guns. Are you a minor? I did nothing wrong. Don't hurt me, please. Are you a minor? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mine here. How long have you been trapped down here? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I did nothing wrong. I'm a good man. I'm a loyal man. Minor man. They call me Rat. I'm really fast. Loyal to who, Rat? The Emperor. To the people. To the mine. I don't want no trouble. The things down here, they, they, they try to eat me. Cautiously, I, I walk over to Rat. He's just... He's kind of on his knees, like, because he was, like, ducked down behind the table, so now he's up on his knees with his hands up, trembling. All right, no weapons on the table, no weapons underneath the table from, like, his point of view? Okay. I just, I search him really quick. Give me a 66 roll. Fifty-five. 
He's got a 970 entrenching tool that he offers to you without fighting. All right, I'll take that. No weapons? No. Okay. Uh, Bannon will look at him and say, you are now loyal to myself and this battle system. I, yes. Can I go? You can come with us. Okay. So you have Rat. Rat's going to help us navigate this mine. Okay. And if he runs, I shoot him. Okay. I tell him that. Uh, Rat, Rat, not run. Rat, not run. Rat, loyal. All right, so we leave this room, and I'm going to go directly across into that hall that branches into the other two rooms. Okay. Are you going to go to the room to the left or to the right? We'll do the room on the left first. Okay. But you can kind of, you could see into both of these rooms. Mm-hmm. They have doors or it's just no. like open They're kind openings. of. Okay. Uh, do me a favor. So you're going to the one on the left? Correct. Give me an awareness test. Difficulty one. Uh, I pass. I could push and I got a exalted on the wrath. Damn. Yes. So we're up to three glory? We are at three glory. Okay. Uh, you hear like a wet, aggressive slobbering noise. It almost sounds like something is chewing or eating viciously. Rat screams ah! and passes out. Passes out. Something stirs in the darkness. Something big. Something awful and stinking of all the charnel houses in the Imperium. It lurches to its feet after hearing Rat scream. Swiveling its massive head to fix on you with eight glowing red eyes positioned randomly about its vaguely man-like head. It chuffs as it waddles toward you, revealing that it still wears the tatters of a guardsman's uniform. An Imperial guardsman. Do I see what it was munching on? Gore. Okay. So you have Rat passed out on the ground, and now you and Genevieve are engaging in this beast. And you go first. He's about, I would say, 10 meters away from you. No. If it's uh, within half of the total range right no penalty right no modifiers at all right so the target number is it two it depends on the enemy oh okay okay and then for everything above and beyond any sixes right any exalteds can get pushed for extra damage and then being that the gun is brutal I add one to the die roll okay right alright so uh, I'm gonna fire away at this son of a bitch with, uh, with my bolt gun and then now remember you can uh, you can aim you can call out shots right and that's also what I wanted to see because this one has rapid fire this weapon deals death in a hell of last beams bullets and bolt shells a rapid fire weapon adds a number of bonus dice to the attack roll equal to its rating at close range so this is considered close range if it's within half is it close the range of a ranged weapon indicates its medium effective range. An opponent within half this distance is considered in close range. Okay. All right. So then rapid fire applies because you said he's 10. Yeah. 
And then... What page are the modifiers on for attacking? Like the aim and all that shit? Uh, 220. Alright. But I can fire and then move, correct? Yes. Okay. Unless you aim. Right, right, right. And then yeah. aim takes the place of the of the movement. Right. Okay. Alright, so I think I've, I've got to figure it out. What? For the red dot, I just have to remember that it gives me the plus one. Okay. Alright, so this... This mutant is about 10 meters in front of me. Uh, it's my turn to go. So I'm, I obviously have my bulk gun out. So I'm going to uh, I'm gonna fire at this son of a bitch. So <clears throat> my ballistic skill total is a 7. So I get 7 dice. Plus with the red dot that I've acquired, gives me an extra dice to ranged attack. And... Alright. And being that he's in close range, I get two additional dice for rapid fire. All right, so I'm rolling a total of 10 die. His toughness is three. All right, so I need threes to hit. Or three to hit, not threes. Don't forget about your wrath dice. Very good. Push two into extra damage. So that's going to be four extra damage dice. However, I did roll a complication on my wrath. You want me to resolve damage first? No. Give me a 66. Thirteen. Okay. Roll damage. Thirteen. Jesus. Alright, so he He's got a resilience of five. Okay. And he soaks one, so it's Four wounds. Okay. Uh, you're out of ammo. You lose one reload. You use an entire magazine to hit him. Okay. That's your complication. That is a fair complication. <clears throat> uh, I'm then going to use my move to... What's my move? Six. I am then going to try to... How long was this this hole leading into the room? Probably about 20 meters. Okay. All right, just I just try to fall back. You know, okay. the five or six meters. All right. Uh, Genevieve is going to miss. Uh, he is going to charge forward. Technically, not to, like, outside of character. Doesn't he go? Doesn't it alternate? Yeah, but with NPC characters, it's a different... Uh, oh, it follows a different, yeah, like, attack they formula? They don't roll attacks, yeah. Okay, okay. Um... So he is going to sprint forward and get right up in your face. He's one meter away. Giving kisses. Very nice. Uh, you're up. All right, I guess now is as good a time as any. As good a time as any. A good a time as any. A good... Now is the time. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I'm going to break out this chain sword. All right. All right. Uh, so I'm going to uh, take out this chain sword. Go on the offensive. Two, six. And you said uh, toughness seven? Three. Oh, I'm sorry. Toughness three? Where did seven from? I have no idea. So I pass, and included in the pass, I rolled a uh, exalted on my wrath. Oh, critical hit. Critical hit. 
Now, does that also get pushed to glory? Or not on combat? Yeah, you get glory. Give me a 66 first. 32. Okay, uh, you don't have to roll damage. So the chainsword fires to life. That's what you used, right? The yes. As you shove the sword into the mutant, uh, the the sword actually blows through the chest piece of the of the mutant, breaking through the sternum, and actually tears its lungs open. He suffers a mortal wound. He only had one wound left, so he's done. Uh, and he falls to the ground, gurgling from a sucking chest wound. You are out of combat. Wow. Bannon looks at Genevieve and smiles. Shatters really is not a a place to thrive in. Not a nice place, no. Um. So you you enter the the Gorgonid mine, and you notice that there's lots of fighting going on, or had had previously gone on. Lots of like exploding, uh, explosions, right. Uh-oh. What happened? My iPhone has been compromised. Immediate action is required. No. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Oh, boy. Oh, you got it. Did I pass? Did I pass? Fucking so nailed it. Uh, what do yes. we do with shifting? I don't think we are shifting. Hmm. Well, just Go I got ahead. a five on my wrath dice, okay. and then I got three, three exalted icons. Get out of here! Holy shit! That's seven icons total. We will have to come up with something for fucking shifting. We we never even thought about that. I don't know how to. I don't know how to work that in. Well, I, I'm gonna take a drink. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ponder it while you drink. Wait a minute. No, I'm not supposed to drink. <laughs> no, you succeeded. Defeats the purpose. Um. So you you encounter some hazards along the way. Poor Roy. Let's talk about. Talk about the first the first hazard with Roy Rogers. Uh, we big? hardly knew ye. <laughs> and and how big again was the uh, was the that crevasse in uh, front the of us? Gap. I don't recall how big the gap was. I, I know what you're driving at. That's a different hazard that we came to. But enough that Genevieve was able to just jump over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I rolled. I she could have died. She could have died. I rolled. She uh, passed with swimming uh, colors. Yeah. Um. Flying colors, I think, is what I'm trying to go for. You mean pass swimmingly? <laughs> swimmingly Whatever. with flying colors. Yes. Uh, and then 
Roy, not so much. Uh, and he fell into this this chasm. Yeah. Poor Roy. And God bless Bannon uh, for not turning back. Nope. If Genevieve did it, I'm going to do it. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to let her fucking show me up. Whatever. What's the worst that would have happened? I would have had to roll a new character. Yes. That would have sucked. Yep. That would have been a quick end to this fucking campaign. Something tells me the end of this campaign will be quick. <laughs> the way this game goes. Uh, yeah, that th- this was kind of ugly. Um, yeah, making it across was a little nerve-wracking. But we were able to persevere. I, I think the rope idea, once she got across, I think it made it a lot easier. Once we yeah. had somebody, you know, people on both sides, it definitely made it a lot easier. Yeah. It was just that initial leap. She took a leap of faith. She did. And, and she did. She succeeded. And Roy, her faith in the God Emperor was sound. Yes. So she was blessed. It worked. And hurrah for everybody. So we made it across. Yep. And you find yourself in a subsection five. Uh, and inside of this room, you had to blow it open with a grenade. Very nervous about the grenade. You were not happy about that. Well, I don't like... I don't like throwing grenades. I think when you take a look at the rules in this game, like straight grenades up. just straight up in the air and blast <laughs> radius, of course I'm going to be inside of. So I stay away from grenades. Uh, but the door blows open without incident. Uh, there's lots of corpses inside this room, and you find a chainsword. I'm a big fan of the chainsword. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I like it. The, the items in this game I think are fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think they're great. Very well thought out. And again, this is a game we should look up. When was uh, when did game... Games Workshop, like, start making Warhammer. Like, they've had a shitload of time, and this has become so popular. You know, they, they've had a lot of time to yeah. like, really develop the concepts within the game, whether right. it's, you know, like a role-playing aspect or, or video games, whatever the case is. Like, there's just a lot of history within it. You know, there's different arcs that they've created. It's just cool yeah. how you can, you know, find all this new gear. Um, yeah, so, and I, I kind of got the feeling, and you never even said it, but I kind of got the feeling you were kind of itching for a chainsword. And I don't know why I got that feeling. Uh, I think the up close and like personal touch of a chainsword, like the gore that it causes, it's to just imagine. It, it's funny because when we were we were on break between the episodes, we heard that uh, sounds like somebody is like with a weed whacker or some shit like outside. And to me, it almost reminds me of the sound of like a like a chainsaw. And I think of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and just how gory it is when you. When you hit somebody with that chain, how it just destroys the flesh. Right. So in a campaign like this, that is just, I don't know, I just think it goes to like the whole atmosphere of the campaign. Yeah. The chainsaw just like epitomizes the, the, the blood and gore. And all the items that you found uh, throughout this little mission that you were on, you rolled for. Um, I, I added my own flavor. You know, I decided I was, you did a lot of 66 rolls throughout the, the, the adventure in this mine. And I decided that at a certain level, you would get a certain tier of goody. And I just decided, whatever you rolled, I, I forget now, but I was like, okay, that's going to be a weapon if you pass this threshold. Mm. I was looking at the weapons. I was like, what, what would be a cool weapon? I think he would enjoy a chainsword. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it isn't all roses here in the mine. Uh, you come across a, uh, a cliff that you have to descend. <laughs> And I'm very excited to talk about this cliff. How far was the cliff? Hundreds of meters. 200 meters. Oh, that's not bad. No. (laughs) So you can probably jump that, right? I don't know why. Uh, I was under the impression in the. uh, I was under the impression that 
200 meters was thereabouts roughly 200 feet. And I don't know why I thought 200 feet was nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> and on top, you forgot that multiplier of three. Right. I was looking to create a hazard that if you were to fall, you might break both your legs. Right. Not be turned into a... a, a a puddle, a, a, a cloud of mist. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, two hundred feet is what the equivalent of about twenty stories. I sure, yeah. I, you, it's already clear that I do not know. <laughs> it, it's enough. a lot. Uh, I'm six foot six, so using that as a reference, if I count to it and subtract, two hundred can't be much more. No, no, you're close. Yeah, you can probably jump and just touch it. How tall is the house? You think? Your house is about from the, 30 feet. To the peak. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. 30 feet. I would say about 30 feet. So now multiply that times seven. So stack seven of your houses. That's just 200 feet. Right. So you would need 20 of your houses. That's the drop of now, this cliff. I haven't looked it up. Are we sure about this conversion? Dude, a meter is approximately the equivalent to a yard, and a yard is three feet. I think a meter is, what, like 33 inches? So it's just shy of, uh, of three feet. Dude, it's fucking far. It's like almost 600 feet, 200 meters. So you wouldn't be able to catch somebody who I, falls I, 200 meters. I, I don't think like like Popeye standing down below trying to catch olive oil. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, it's not going to work. I realize that I made an error with my footage. When I was like, oh, he, he, we have a rope that's not 200 <laughs> meters long. Because I was like, oh, we're going to use the rope to climb down. Like, how long is this rope? <laughs> Okay, well, maybe it's not 200, you know. And then when he falls, I'm like, well, are you going to catch him? And you said, it's like half the distance of the Chrysler building. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not attempting that catch. I didn't want Jerts to die. <laughs> I thought he was going to break his legs. You're going to have to carry him. No, no. Oh, my God. How far to break his legs? Dude, Jerts hit so hard that when his eyeballs popped out of his head, <laughs> if you were standing like 100 feet away, they would hit terminal velocity and rip through your fucking body like a 5.56 five, <laughs> round. Like, that would be fucking horrible. How far? I would say, dude, if you're jumping any higher than like the roof of your building, it starts to become questionable in my mind to try to catch you. So this would be borderline. Dude, if you jumped off the roof... First of all, you're six six. If if you jumped off of ten feet, I would have a hard time trying to catch you. <laughs> now go thirty. Yeah, that makes it a little difficult. Now go six hundred. How many meters do you think my house is? Um, your house is about ten meters. So, so, so five to ten meters would have been the appropriate. Yes, for like a climb for like a broken leg. How long was Ben <laughs> climbing two hundred meters? The, the real question was is: taking an hour. <laughs> How, when when that motherfucker <laughs> fell, how long do you think he was screaming for before he hit the fucking ground? Holy shit. I need like a <clears throat> physics major to figure this out. But you, you fall at like, hold on, I'm going to do some conversion here. You fall at about, what, 32 feet per second? So if you're going about six, oh my God, I put 6,000. <laughs> 600 divided by 32. Dude, he fell for like almost 20 seconds. <laughs> He fell for 20 fucking seconds before he hit the ground and exploded. That's almost half a minute. It's almost half a minute. Yes. Which would have given me plenty of time to like really line up underneath <laughs> him to catch. Like 20 seconds, I think right. I would have nailed it. Yeah. But he would have put me like fucking like right through the floor. 
We didn't even try, to be honest. I can't try. He fucking hit the ground. There wasn't even a bounce. He just hit and exploded. They were like no, organs. No, because we decided that he was wearing a flak jacket. <laughs> oh, so he just liquefied. Them. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like a blender. Gross. You did get the grenade. You, you got the grenade off of his corpse. Good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so now I know. Now you know. 200 meter, meters. Meters are vastly larger than feet. Yes, yes. Just use a multiplier Even 200 three. feet was unrealistic. <laughs> 200 feet isn't going to work. He still would have fucking... He wouldn't have <laughs> This thing was like, like the half way a mile did. tall. Yeah, basically. Oh, my God. Yeah. <sighs> well, live and learn. Jerts, jerts could have lived if I knew math better. <laughs> <laughs> poor poor Jerts. So we lost Roy. Now we lost Jerts. Right. So now it's down to me and... Uh, Genevieve. And Genevieve, yeah. So uh, you find the door to the <laughs> door to the shatters. Uh, you did this quick thing. You find a, a, a tunnel that's that's flooded. We don't fuck with that. Yeah. Uh, so you find the door to the shatters, and of course you it must be painful. So you fail your strength test to open the door. Uh, you had a pretty good idea. You had Genevieve covering you while you open the door, but now we have to have both of you uh, open the door, and. Uh, it opens up without without much incident. Uh, you start exploring the shatters, and you find uh, one of my favorite characters so far of this campaign, uh, Rat. <laughs> what a pain in the balls. Dude just won't shut his fucking mouth. Let's, uh, I don't want to spoil the rest of the shatters here, but uh, needless to say, Rat screaming and alerting this monster that you had to fight. Right. Not the first time that this happens in this adventure in this mine. It's it's interesting to contrast. You go into Slug Belly's cave by yourself and dispatch nearly 20 people almost undetected the entire time. Right. Rat blows you out of the water. No. You, there is no sneaking around no. with this motherfucker. Let's take a different approach. And for like the, the role playing like component of it like it's it's perfect like i can i could put myself in his shoes you know i could see like this guy has seen like the carnage and the devastation that's been taking place in this mine in, in in the mine i was distracted by the squirrel behind you but fuck me i don't squirrels are very distracting They're very distracting you are rolling like a motherfucker Dude, today this is what I, I i didn't eat too much coffee i'm so fucking jitter. i'm shaking <laughs> i'm fucking shaking right now uh not only did i pass ah oh, you motherfucker Yes, you will be drinking. I have an exalted on my wrath. There it is. Fucking squirrel. Thanks, squirrel. What was the squirrel doing that distracted you? Dude, he jumped that tree. See how it has like two trunks that come out? He jumped yeah. from like the larger trunk to the smaller trunk. He just kamikazed. And it just caught my eye. and It, it just threw me off. Okay. I told you I had to. I'm fucking like two cups of coffee and like big fucking cups of coffee. Do you want a break for lunch? No, nah, fuck food. No, nah, I want to keep drinking. Okay. Yeah, that makes the shows better. Lunch. Uh, <coughs> um. Anyway, what I was saying was, I think the the role playing aspect of it, I think it's very cool. Like, here's this guy that has seen like just death. So he's obviously he's lost all of his marbles. He almost reminds me of who was it, Corporal Schmidt. Like and and I should have put that together like right out of the gate that here's a like Corporal Schmidt lost his mind and he survived he's actually in the real world this right. motherfucker is trapped in this cave yeah like what did I think was gonna happen 
And I guess we'll, uh, uh, next episode, we'll see what happens. Yeah. With Brad. <laughs> Lots of fun. Uh, and then you encounter your first big baddie of, uh, of this cave. Uh, this, this monster that's just seemingly eating piles of corpses. Uh, removing their heads, which we, you didn't really explore that. Uh, there wasn't really much to explore other than learning that it was removing the heads and throwing the heads in a different room. Um, but this thing comes at you, and, and you and Genevieve pretty much take him out without much issue. Yeah. Uh, you, you fuck this thing up right quick. And uh, and that's where we leave off. How you feeling so far? About the campaign or yeah, about, my, about this particular my mission? liquor intake? <laughs> about this particular mission? Uh, yeah, so far so good. I, I feel like so far in this campaign, there haven't really been too high of stakes. Uh, you could have died a, a couple times in this episode. And it's funny because I think, I, I think like the, the risk taking has not been or like the potential of dying has not been due to enemies it's been due to environment environment which is cool yeah and now i'm in this interesting place where i feel like do do i need to ratchet up the enemies because you're not seeming to have too hard of a time yet i don't think really i've been in a situation where i've knocked down like a shitload of wounds where like me personally like i feel like holy shit i think this is going bad yeah like, I'm really fucked. Like, I have to start thinking about, like, an exit strategy. Well, in Slugbelly's cave should have been that, but you just got a hot hand at the right time, and you took down yeah. nine guys in two rounds. And even the fight with Slugbelly, I think, was kind of... That was probably the most nerve-wracking, because when he threw his little jowl juice at me and it stuck me down to the ground, like, I thought I was kind of fucked there. Yeah. You know? And had I more closely read the rules of sprinting, that probably would have been a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, I was just doing his movement speed towards you, not realizing that I could have sprinted the first turn and then the rest of the fight would have been him in your face. Yeah. Uh, But live and learn. Live and learn. All right. Yep. Uh, Well, two nicotine warnings on the tobacco tins. To get rid of them. If we're going to buy nicotine, yeah, the, the warnings are not going to dissuade us. To Japanese whiskey. Hi. Toki. Hi. It's actually good. Centauri whiskey, Toki, good shit. I recommend it as a morning whiskey. Mm. To uh, Kapow leggings. <laughs> if I see somebody at the gas station wearing Kapow leggings, there's going to be a fight. <laughs> to Dice and Pipes. Pipes.